Are you frustrated because your team doesn't produce quality results fast enough? Stressed out and tired of putting out fires from your team's drama and dysfunction? Welcome to the Drama Free Living Show. This is the show dedicated to helping you and your teams accomplish more with less stress and zero drama. Now, here's your host, Dennis McEntee. Hi, welcome to the Drama Free Living Podcast. I'm your host, Dennis McEntee, and I'm really excited that you're joining me here today. You know, you're just the kind of person that I want to work with and I want to help because you're the kind of person that's listening to podcasts. You're the kind of person that says, I really need to develop myself. You're the type of person that knows that when you get better, your team gets better. When you get better, your business gets better. When you get better, your organization gets better. I was just at a workshop in Macon, Georgia, and I had to confess to people that, you know, the, the my biggest problem, and it's probably true for you, and here's mine, my biggest problem is, is that everywhere I go, there I am, right? Isn't that yours too? See, it's ridiculous for me to think that if I kick the dog and yell at the kids and scream at my wife, I don't come to work being Mr. Happy because how I do anything is how I do everything. And if I'm a mess, like disorganized at the home and my garage is a mess, my closet's a mess, my car is dirty, I, I don't come to work the very next day being Mr. Organized because how I do anything is how I do everything. And many times in my workshops, people will ask me as we're giving these frameworks and different coaching tools about how to make yourself better, how to help your team get better, how to help people get better. And as we're giving these frameworks and these practical tools, people always ask, they say, Dennis, are you talking about personally or professionally? And I always answer just yes, just yes. Because when you get better personally, you always get better professionally. And when you get better professionally, it always bleeds over into your personal life. So how you do anything is how you do everything. And I am really excited that you're here with me today. It's going to be a short, quick podcast. And we're taking a couple episodes and I'm just calling out some questions that I hear in my workshops and was just at a workshop this past week in Georgia. And one of the questions was, is that they asked, Dennis, what are some keys for really managing conflict? And I thought, wow, that's a great question. And we had a fantastic dialogue. And you know how adults learn, right? Is that we want to have like a really great big concept, a big idea to talk about, and then have a lot of interesting questions to facilitate the dialogue. And then people dialogue about those questions and then come up with individual action plans. And really my role is just to be the guy, to be the, guy, to be the facilitator in helping your own learning because people don't argue with their own data. And I know that if self-discovery is much more important than task knowledge, and so if I can help you self-discover, it's going to be yours. So thanks for being here. That was a long-winded way of saying, hey, you're the kind of person, if you're listening to podcasts, you're the kind of person I want to be with. You're the kind of person that I want to help because uh, you're the kind of person that wants to make a difference. So thank you for all you do. So let's talk about keys for managing conflict. And the reason that we really want to talk about this is because it's going to help us communicate faster. See, the truth is, is that conflict is neither good or bad. It is. In fact, sometimes now when I say conflict, I'm not talking about screaming, yelling, cursing, throwing chairs at people, outbursts of wrath. Okay, when I'm talking about conflict, I'm just talking about passionate debate about ideas so that the best idea wins. So conflict, many times people say, well, conflict is bad. And I'm going to tell you conflict is good because without conflict, you don't get the clarity. 
In fact, you know, I've been married to my wife for 27 years and guess who, guess, guess who is the person in my life I have the most conflict with? Of course, it's my wife. Absolutely. She would probably say I'm the person she has the most conflict with. Now, I'm not talking about screaming and yelling, but it's passionate debate about different ideas. The reality is, is that we conflict over where we're going to go for dinner. We have passionate debate about what we're going to do for vacation, where we spend our money, what we don't do, what, what the kids will do, what the kids won't do about our future. And the reality is, is that if you don't care, you're not going to enter into conflict. And so many times, the very act of having this high degree of care, the fact that I care for you as a person, I care enough to confront. It's a fantastic book. Go grab it on the book, you know, uh, from Barnes & Noble or wherever you get books from. But the reason that we want to really come up with some keys to managing conflict is that it's going to help us communicate faster. And communication is the lifeblood of your organization. So many of you know if you've been in my workshops that I'm, I'm a long-distance runner and I've realized for me to run faster, further, I've got to pump more oxygen into my body. And that's what communication is. It's like oxygen for your organization. Cash and communication are the lifebloods of your organization. And for your organization to go faster, further, execute better, you've got to communicate faster. It's the lifeblood. And the faster the blood flows the faster the organization moves, the faster my body moves. The faster the communication flows, the faster the organization moves. And when we don't learn how to manage conflict, what happens is is that projects grind to a halt. I mean, we lose time and money because we're way too busy focused on ourselves and focused on the conflict instead of focusing just on serving others. If we don't know how to go through the conflict quickly, it ends up stalling us and kind of grinding everything to a halt. And What really matters is speed of execution. You know, in fact, your plans are useless if you can't execute. If you can't execute on a plan, and I tell this many times as we're doing strategic planning with different organizations, we can come up with a great plan, but I also want to step back and let's put a process of communication and execution together so that you actually can act on these ideas. Because it's not the idea but it's the ability to act on an idea. That's what makes people great. It's not the actual idea. It's the ability to act act and execute on ideas that make people great. So we want to give you a framework to have these needs negotiation conversation because the reality is, is you can't stop conflict. Uh, conflict, it really is good. It really means that people are just passionate about these ideas. So I want to help us have a framework. Now, there are three questions that we have to answer in creating conflict. Okay, three questions. Take, write them down. They should be in the show notes. But the three questions are, first, number one, as a leader, what do I need from my team? Every leader needs to be very clear on this is what I need from my team and be able to communicate it clearly to their team. And the second thing we have to figure out is, as a team, what do they need from their leader? And many times it's this needs negotiation. You know, people go into this drama mode of excuses, victim thinking, blaming. It's a tragic, the keyword is tragic. It's a tragic expression of an unmet need. So when people go into this drama, many times a great question is simply, hey, what do you need? What do you need? Now, I don't ask that to people so that I can go into a codependent mode and try to get busy trying to meet their needs and because that's just as crazy. And I end up rescuing them and creating a bunch of victims. But the reason I want to find out what they need and want them to get very, very clear on what they need so that now we can have a needs negotiation conversation. 
Because the reality is, is that there are some needs that are just not going to get met here. I was working with a client in the Bay Area, and part of a facilitative exercise that I do with the entire organization is with the different teams and then the different offices I walked through and had a conversation about, hey, what do we need to start? What do we need to stop doing? And what do we need to continue to do? What do we need to start, stop, and continue? And as we were pulling out of the, out this data, the thing that I had to step back and communicate with the team is, you know, they had certain needs that at the end of the day were not going to get met by this organization. They just couldn't get met. They wanted certain things that the reality is, is in their industry, it's just not a reality. And the question is, is listen, can you live without this need being met? But you can't have that conversation if I don't know what you need. So the three questions to have this to have a framework for managing conflict is you have to find out as a team, what does my need team need from me as a leader? And then as a team, what do we need from our leader? And then the third question is, is what are our rules for fighting? What are our rules? Now, don't get all bent up on the word fighting. Here's simply what I mean. Or you could say, what are our rules for dialogue? What are our rules for passionate debate? What are our debating rules? You know, my marriage is a great marriage, not because we don't have problems and not because we don't have debates, but it's because we learned certain rules and we decided certain rules before we, when we first got married. We said, hey, these are some rules that we're always going to live by. Things like, well, we never say the word divorce. No matter, no matter what happens, we just don't say that word. It's just not even in our vocabulary. It doesn't even enter into our mind. And the truth is, is the best marriages are not the ones with the least problems. They're just the ones that know how to manage conflict really, really well. And that's how it is with your team. Great teams are not the teams with no conflict and it's kumbaya and everybody gets along. The best teams are the ones that know how to manage conflict. So what you want to do is you want to realize a couple things, right? Is you want, we want to stay other focused. See, the problem many times is when we're just focused on ourselves and our needs. And I realize that nothing happens to me it only happens for me. Everything happens for me. Now watch this. When you can get that framework, that, that way of thinking, you can start to learn from every situation. You know, nothing happens to you. Oh, it happened to me. Because when it happens to me that I'm the victim, there's nothing I can do. But if it happens for me, I can step back and ask myself, okay, well, what didn't go well and what needs to improve? Hey, I went through this for a reason. I don't even have to know the reason. In fact, many times... I don't even want to know the reason. It doesn't even matter to me. What, what I want to do is I want to extract the learning from that situation. Uh, you know, Dan Sullivan taught me is that I can either be on the winning team or I can be on the learning team. But if a situation happens to me and I don't learn anything, that's when I'm on the losing team. So I realized, listen, I just want to be on a winning team or a learning team. Those are the two types of... When I wake up in every circumstance... I either want to win in that circumstance or I want to learn from that circumstance. And as long as I learn and extract the value, but I won't extract the value if I don't step back and realize, okay, this happened for me. Okay, it didn't happen to me. There's something that I can do about it. It happened for me. And you want to extract that value from that. And another another framework that we teach people is we're talking about just managing conflict and just giving you some ideas today is that I believe that people don't do things to hurt you. They, they really simply do things to get needs met. Now, listen, I am not saying whatever they did didn't hurt you. That's not what I'm saying because people do hurtful things. They say hurtful things. But 
when I realize that, I'm able to step back and ask myself, okay, what need are they trying to get met here? And it helps me stay out of my own drama. Watch this. It helps me to not react. It helps me stay proactive. Because if if I think they're out to hurt me and that's their real motive. Now, I didn't say it didn't hurt. But if I believe they're really out to hurt me, then I'm going to jump in and just overreact and try to protect myself or become angry with them. And honestly, that just exacerbates the drama. And many times we exacerbate the drama in situations by how we react out of them. So they're just trying to get a need met. We teach a concept called SOAR, S-O-A-R, where it's basically there are four reasons why anybody does anything. People do things to get a need met, S-O-A-R. So the first need is S, significance. They have a significance need. They, they want to do something great. They want to be somebody great. They want to be in charge. And people that have high significance needs, they need to be in charge sometimes, even if it's just a coffee pot, let them be in charge of something, okay? They need to have that feeling of control, not good or bad. But remember, all drama is a tragic expression of an unmet need. And here's what happens is when that need, when they don't know how to get that need met in a healthy way, it's not good or bad, it just is. But when you don't know how to get it met in a healthy way, you try to get it met unhealthily through people and circumstances and power over people and try to control other people and circumstances. And it just gets ugly. Okay, so people have significance needs. S. O, S-O-A-R. O stands for open. There are certain people that are open, transparent. You know, they're the kind of people that after you talk to them for five minutes, you know their entire life story. And their big need is is to connect. They want to connect and form a, a personal relationship. And there are other people that are A, that are more accepting. They're a little more calm. They don't like a lot of change. They, they want to be a part of a family. They, they say things like when they come to work, hey, it's great that we can be a part of a family, that we all get along. And so they have this need to feel accepted. Now, people that are super significant, significance need, needed, then how they approach situations, they can sometimes be so direct and they're just trying to get that significance need met so hard that other people feel disrespected. People that are accepting, respect is a key word. And then R, there are certain people that are very reliable. They, they are the consumer report shopper. They have high certainty needs and they do things to meet this need for certainty. S-O-A-R, significance, open, accepting, and reliable. Not good or bad. It's just how God has hardwired different people. And people do things to get a need met. They don't do things to hurt you. Okay, here's the truth is that just because you have conflict does not mean things are wrong with your team. The reason that you want to use conflict, you want to go through conflict, is to get clarity. You want to use conflict to get to clarity. And many times, if you avoid it, things become ambiguous. And that's not what you want. Clarity is the key. And conflict avoidance doesn't fix the issue. Okay? Conflict avoidance doesn't... And you cannot do anybody any good by playing the ostrich. You know the leader that plays the ostrich? They just stick their head in the sand and almost like, if I don't see it, it's not really there. And they just pretend it's not there. And here's a writer downer if you're taking notes. Whatever you don't address, you endorse. Whatever you don't address, you endorse. So as you're going through your organization today, you're going through your relationships, and, and as you're working with people, whatever you don't address, you actually endorse. So step into the conflict. That's my encouragement. Listen, at times it's not fun. I got it. But if it were easy, anybody could do it. 
But listen, you're the kind of person that's listening to a podcast. You're the kind of person that's trying to grow themselves. You're the kind of person that can do this. You can just step into conflict, have a needs negotiation conversation, and just facilitate the dialogue. You can do it. So here's some keys to managing conflict. The three questions are, as a leader, what do I need for my team? As a team member, this is what I need for my leader. And three, what are our rules for debate? Answer those three questions, and they're going to help you set a culture that allows you to go through conflict faster so that you can get clarity. Listen, thanks for joining me. For the next couple of weeks, we'll be taking different questions from the different workshops and I've been at the last couple of weeks, and we're going to have a lot of fun. But listen, email me back at Dennis, D-E-N-N-I-S, at leadershipprocess.com, and I would just love to know your great, your great big takeaway from today's podcast. Listen, keep leading well. Keep getting, getting the drama out of your team. You can do it. Thanks for listening today. Hopefully, you'll take action on One Power Strategy immediately. Our passion is to help people just like you. We believe you can create a high-trust, high-performance team that produces better results faster. And you can do it without working harder in less time. For more fast action techniques and strategies, go now to www.dramafreeresults.com.